you feel stuck, tired of wrestling with shame, insecurity, and hiding your flaws? Friend, I've been there, and it's time to come out of hiding. God wants to meet you in the middle of your big, hot mess. I'm Kimberly Stokes, and I'm on mission to help real women just like you get unstuck and meet Jesus in all the ordinary moments. I want to call you out of hiding so you can start living in increased intimacy with God. Ephesians 3.20 says God can do far more than you could ever imagine. This is the Imagine More podcast, and it's time for today's show. Hello, my friend. I wish you could be with me right now and see this amazing view that I have as I'm recording this podcast. I am on vacation, and I'm looking out at the ocean. We are at Turks and Caicos, and it's just so gorgeous. I love the ocean, the beach, the sunshine, and being at the beach always reminds me of the grandeur and majesty of God. And I think if earth is this gorgeous, this I, I can't even imagine how spectacular heaven is going to be. So I'm living the dream this week at the beach, but felt like God wanted me to record this episode, Dreams, Disappointment, and Destiny. So let's get to it. Does it bring you such a sense of purpose to know that the God of the universe has a destiny for your life? One of my favorite things to do is to talk to people about the dreams that they carry in their heart and that they have for their lives. And I really love when people have the courage to dream big with God. I think it's something that we steward in our daily lives, in our daily choices, and in the way that we partner with God. There's something that's very divine sacred and holy in the way we steward our dreams and our destiny. And whether God has given you a huge specific vision of his call on your life or something may seem like very ordinary. Like I can't tell you how many women I've heard knock or berate that the only call they sense on their lives is motherhood. And sister, if that is you, I want to remind you that being a mom, it's just as important as the call of God that Billy Graham or Reinhard Bonnke had on their lives. But maybe you have the other. Maybe you have the other extreme and sense so many things from God. Maybe you've dreamed with God and are courageously trusting Him to do so many things through your life that it really honestly seems impossible at times. Maybe you have God-sized dream of your destiny. Isaiah 46, 11 says, God will fulfill the purposes he has for us. What God has said, that he will bring about. What he has planned, that he will do. So clearly, God is committed to the destiny and the purpose for our lives. There's so much hope and power that's released in prophetic words that speak to our destiny. And I think the prophetic is a beautiful gift entrusted to us by God to empower us to get a glimpse of his heart and to give us the courage to dream with him. Friend, do you have a keen sense of your destiny in God? Or is your life purpose confusing and maybe it's rather blurry at this point in your life? Whether you have a clear vision of God's call on your life or if it's a complete mystery to you, today's episode will speak to you and address the dreams, the destiny, and the disappointments we encounter along the way as we journey through life. For context, we're going to look at the life of Joseph in the Old Testament, which is recorded in Genesis chapter 37 through chapter 50. 
as I've read and studied about Joseph, I tend to think that he was a type 8 wing 7. When I read about, in, when it starts off in Genesis 37, that, you know, Joseph was a cocky 17-year-old kid. And when he had these two dreams, that he was ruling over his brothers and then his parents, I think Joseph had no earthly idea what that was going to look like in the real time of life. Joseph's brothers were so jealous because his father loved him the most. And then his brothers sold Joseph as a slave. He ended up in Egypt in a foreign country. And just imagine that if you were taken away as a slave to a foreign land, they spoke a foreign language, different customs, you lost anything and everything that was familiar, everything that you knew. And you know, scripture doesn't tell us if Joseph pondered this, if he thought about those dreams through the years, or if once he was sold as a slave, that those dreams just died. I wonder if he began to just view those dreams as like pizza dreams, or in his case, maybe it would be a falafel dream. But really, it reminds me that God has the ultimate say in our destiny. He's the one who's writing our story. And even when all seems lost, it may not be lost. We just need to continue to trust him and journey with him. When God speaks destiny and gives us a glimpse of his purposes for our lives, it's exciting, right? And rightly so, because we suddenly are connected to a supernatural call, to a divine purpose for our lives. But sometimes we hold more tightly to the call and destiny that God has for our lives than we actually cling to God. I remember one time that I met a woman, uh, met with a woman whose life was just honestly, it was in shambles. Her marriage had totally disintegrated. Their finances were ruined. Her relationships with all three of her kids were destroyed. And as I met with her, she kept referring back to, but God has, God has a destiny. He, he's called me to preach. He's called me to have this platform. So in the middle of her tragedy, I don't know, it just seemed to me like she was clinging more to this idea of God's call for her life than actually just clinging to the heart of the Father and relationally leaning into Him in the midst of it. It seemed like she was more in love with the idea of a destiny than she was actually in love with Jesus. So it's a big red flag when the idea of our destiny gets us way more excited than our relationship with Jesus. Christ in Christ alone. He's our purpose to know him, to love him, to grow more and more like him, and to please him in all things. Think about it. Jesus' purpose on the earth was to please his father, not to do his own thing. And sometimes I think we go too far and we maybe step away from some of the basics of the gospel. But I'm here to please the father in the way I live my life because that was Christ's mandate. So it should be your mandate and my mandate as well. Jesus was not in a performance trap. He totally understood the basic concept that his life was not his own. And yes, you and I, the same thing is true for us. We were bought with a price to follow Jesus. It means absolute surrender to God in all things at all times. The New Testament is clear. Jesus came to do the will of the Father. He came to please his Father, do everything that he saw or heard his Father doing. So what am I saying? I'm saying Jesus 
The Son of God wasn't obsessed with his destiny. He wasn't pursuing a platform. He was obsessed with simple surrender to his Father, with relational connection to his Father, minute by minute. Sometimes we get discouraged and frustrated when our road and life journey, it doesn't end up like we think, or maybe this season isn't turning out like we think. Maybe we encounter suffering or pains or the prophetic words that have been spoken over our lives aren't coming to pass. And when you're in that place, and when I'm in that place, I want to encourage us to think about Joseph. God is the God of our calling. He's the author of our destiny. He is the purpose of it all. And whether we see it or not, he's got us. He's got us today. He's got us tomorrow. And he's got our destiny. We can unintentionally and unknowingly let our destiny in God become an idol that we pursue more passionately than we pursue God. I want to say that again because I think it is rich, rich, rich. So we can unintentionally let our destiny in God become an idol that we pursue more passionately than we pursue Jesus. Oof. I mean, that's like, wow, I want to be aware of that, right? Honestly, I think the devil doesn't really care about what idol we pursue as long as it's something that topples Jesus off the throne of our lives. This can get a little tricky as we're dealing with our destiny in God because I think it can be veiled in like this really spiritual covering because deep down our desire is to honor God, but sometimes we put the cart before the horse. So just beware that your destiny and your relationship with God are not synonymous. So your destiny and your relationship with God are not synonymous. Our relationship with God is the main focus. He alone deserves our top priority. It's about Him, pursuit of Him, relationship with Him. Encounters with the Father via the Holy Spirit who lives in us and gives us complete access to all the fullness of Jesus. So I sense the Lord saying today, it's time to dethrone the idol of our destiny in God and put Christ back on the throne. And I want to be honest with you, at times I've struggled with this in my own life. My life, my ministry, the expectations from prophetic words that many others have spoken over me through the years, and even things that I sensed God telling me one-on-one, it hasn't turned out like I expected. And I've had to deal with deep disappointment with that. And it's painful. It's real, and it's kind of depressing, honestly. But I just seek to be super intentional that Jesus alone is who and what I'm going after, not a prophetic word to be fulfilled, not a destiny or a dream to manifest that I thought was going to look a certain way. So this is how I've come to terms with it. (laughs) My purposeful resolve is simply this, to know God, to receive his love, and to love him and others day in, day out, minute by minute. Ultimately, that's truly his destiny for all of his children. That we don't, and and really we won't go wrong living in surrender in pursuit of him. So friend, I want to ask you today, have you unknowingly, have you unintentionally been more focused on your destiny and God than you've simply been focused on your relationship with God? 
has adoration of Jesus maybe turned into adoration and pursuit of life that'll look like the manifestation of some sort of a prophetic word you received? Maybe um, living out your destiny on the mission field or preaching to thousands of people or maybe owning a coffee shop or having some sort of a business and, and being able to fund kingdom initiatives. Whatever it might be, let's just topple that idol of my destiny and put Jesus back on the throne of our lives. I want my prayer to be, Jesus, you are my passionate pursuit. I live to love you. I live to please you. Now I want to head back to Joseph for a minute. So Joseph, after his brothers sold him into slavery, he experienced 13, yes, one three, 13 years of suffering as a slave, he encountered lots of disappointment, rejection. I'm sure he had lots of fears throughout that 13 years. He had some seasons of being elevated and then isolated. Deep loneliness of being forgotten. And I'm sure he probably at times felt forgotten by God. He was promoted and then boom, knocked off his rocker and demoted. Then, after he was seen and like elevated to this prominent position by the Pharaoh of Egypt, it was seven more years, and we don't know, it might have been eight or nine years, we don't really know exactly how long, before his family came to Egypt in search of food. So it was definitely over 20 years before Joseph experienced the manifestation of the dreams that God gave him as a 17-year-old boy. And honestly, as I've studied in Genesis, I don't sense Joseph was seeking it. I don't think he was seeking to live out his destiny. I think Joseph was steadfastly devoted to God. Day after day, I think he was faithfully seeking God. I think day after day, he was honoring God in the little things, in the little choices. I think he was living to love the one who deserves his life and our life. The main thing in life really is to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is Jesus. In him we live and move and have our being. In John 5 verse 30, Jesus said, By myself I can do nothing, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Again, I assure you, Christ did not have a performance mentality. Jesus knew the love, the affection of the Father, and his identity was securely rooted in the Father. His life purpose was also rooted in the Father. Jesus didn't get the cart before the horse. He didn't put his destiny as an idol before his love relationship with his Father. So let's put Jesus back on the throne of our lives and smash any way our destiny in God may have unintentionally become an idol. Let's purpose to live intentionally in authentic awareness and surrender to our amazing God minute by minute with a mindset of God, I live to know you. I live to love you. May my life be a love song. And that's truly my desire. I want my life to be a living love song to God. I encourage you to re read and just spend some time in the gospel of John, especially John 14 and 15. I think those really, those chapters speak to the reality of our destiny. In John chapter 14, Jesus breaks down like the mystical, the swirly, and clearly expresses what living a life of love looks like, what it really means to lay down our lives for God. 
In John 14, verse 15, Jesus said, If you love me, then you will obey what I command. So our obedience to Jesus, it's evidence of our love for God. In verse 17, Jesus says, You will know him, referring to the Holy Spirit, for he lives with you and will be in you. And lately, I've, I've been doing some meditating on that. I did some study of the Greek words on that. And it says, you will know the Holy Spirit, for he lives with you. And the Greek word there for with means to be at, beside, or near. It's talking about he, the Holy Spirit, will be with you in close proximity to you. And it says, and he will also be in you. The Greek word there for in, it means to remain. He will abide in us. He will sojourn with us. He's continually present with us. And then what really got me in this verse was the Greek word there for know, which is gnosko, to learn to know, to come to know, to perceive and feel. So these are the things it's referring to how we will know. We will learn to know. We will come to know the Holy Spirit. It's like a process of intimacy with God. It's like this ever-unfolding romance with the lover of our souls. It can also mean to understand or to know absolutely. And obviously we're not going to absolutely know God, but we can know him absolutely. And I love this meaning um, to understand um, to understand him. The more we get to know God or gnosko him, the more we grow really an intimate relationship with him. The more we begin to understand him, we understand his heart, we understand his ways. Have you ever had a family member that you know very well, but you do not understand them? Like you don't understand the way they perceive and respond to things, and it can be such a frustrating mystery. Sometimes I have felt this with my son, and I know him very well, but there are sometimes, sometimes his responses or perceptions of things can be really confusing to me. But over the years, as I've grown to know him better and to hear his heart, I understand him more. So God is God, and we're only human. We're never going to totally, obviously not figure him out. But as we journey through life in intimate relationship, we can and will gnosko God more. We'll grow more intimate. We'll grow in our perceiving, our feeling, our understanding of his personality, his thoughts, his emotions, his goodness, his faithfulness, his nearness, his kindness, his love. I, As I look back, I understand God's goodness and his grace so much more than I did 10, 15, 20 years ago because I've tasted and seen time after time after time after time his goodness, his grace, his patience. And what a privilege it is that God allows us to gnosko, to, in, to be in this process of knowing him through his spirit. The other day as I was pondering and meditating on John 14, 17, you will know him, the Holy Spirit, for he lives with you and will be in you. Like, I just like had this thought like, hmm, okay, he's with me and he will be in me. And like instantly, it reminded me of my relationship with my husband, that he lives with me and at times he is in me in the very most intimate sexual sense. 
So I began to further research the Greek meaning of gnosko, and I found that gnosko, to know him, it's also this Jewish idiom for sexual intercourse between husband and wife. And that's the most intimate form of knowing someone, right? When you become one with them sexually, physically, emotionally, you're just wrapped up in love and pleasure of one another. So the Spirit of God not only lives with us, He resides in us, and He seeks the most intimate union, a relational oneness. And the closest thing we can just really equate it to in our humanity is the intimacy of sexual unity between a husband and wife. It's that covenantal relationship of love and intimacy. And that's what Paul referred to in, I think it was like Ephesians 5, right? Of Christ in the church. So friend, I just want to encourage you. That is your ultimate destiny in God. To know him. To gnosko the lover of your soul. And live in relational connection with him. Minute by minute. In the real time of life. However, he chooses to use you or me in ministry, in missions, in our business, teaching, preaching, evangelism, as a mom, as an entrepreneur, as a creative, whether that's through song, acting, film, book, painting, whatever. All those things, they're really just icing on the cake because our true destiny is to know him and love him, to experience the beauty of intimacy with him as father as Son and Holy Spirit. Today, I want to challenge. Let's topple the idol of our destiny in God and simply choose intentional pursuit and connection with God minute by minute in the real time of life. The God of the universe loves you so much. He loves to live with you and in you. His desire for you is greater than you'll ever know. I sense the Lord just calling us back to his heart, his arms, his love. To be way more intentional in our love relationship in simple pursuit of connection more than seeking fulfillment of prophetic words that we have over our lives. As we grow in our love for God, it's implicitly expressed by a simple obedience to Jesus. Surrender to him minute by minute. When I'm angry with my husband or my kids, do I choose the way of surrender? Do I relationally lean into God in that moment? Or do I choose my flesh and blow my top? I think the key to obedience and surrender, it's rooted in love, right? And God is the source for love. The more of God's love that I receive, the more love is birthed in my heart for him. So if you don't feel like, honestly, that you have like this, just a huge amount of love for God, that's okay. Don't berate yourself. You simply need to receive more of his love. Love for God, I think, comes as we receive his love for us, then it births in us this deep love for him. Sometimes we're going to blow it. I totally blow it. Sometimes I'm ugly. Sometimes I use a harsh tone. I'll walk in pride. I'll be selfish. Sometimes I'm consumed with my own selfish desires. But I don't berate myself 
when I think, oh my gosh, wow, I'm off track here. The wheels just came off. I just confess it to God. It's like, oh Lord, will you forgive me? Here, here I am. Give him my heart. I just repent and submit to him. We're continually growing in learning to live in and from his presence. It's a beautiful process of learning to live from the Holy Spirit who lives in us. It's learning to live from my relational connection with the Holy Spirit. And it's such a trip because as we do, all the fullness of Jesus <laughs> we have access to. It just comes down to simple surrender and to receive from him. So to close today, I just want to wrap up and say, let's dethrone the idol of our destiny in God and simply seek to live in relational connection to the Holy Spirit minute by minute by minute by minute. Friend, he lives with you and in you. Simply practice. Practice connecting to his presence. Practice like just communication. Practice living in a continual conversation with God. Your ultimate destiny in God, it's not about the fulfillment of those prophetic words. It's not about preaching to thousands. It's not about being a best-selling author. It's not about living in the bush of Africa or being the next Reinhard Bonnke or Billy Graham. Your ultimate destiny in God is simply living in continual intimacy with the Father, Son, via Holy Spirit. It's for this that you were made, to know him, to receive his love, so you can simply know him more and receive more of his love. The byproduct of that, it's going to be the byproduct of your one-on-one -on -one intimacy is with God. It's going to release this beautiful fragrance of Jesus on the earth to every person you encounter. And it's a unique fragrance that comes from your intimacy with God. Friend, your destiny is to know and to love God. So I sense the Lord saying to you today, stop focusing on the minutia of your destiny and just get to know me. Do life with me. Partner with me step by step, minute by minute on the journey of life. He's the God of your dreams. He is the God of your destiny. And he's also the God of your disappointments. That's a wrap for today's show, my friend. Thanks for joining me. I want to remind you that I'm for you. I'm rooting for you. And more importantly, your God is for you. He's rooting for you. Let's trust the lover of our souls with our dreams, with our destiny, and with every disappointment. Until next time. Friend, I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Imagine More podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Kimberly K. Stokes. And check out our blog and online resources at imaginemoreministries.org. You can hit subscribe to join the Imagine More community. We're in the process of developing practical new resources to help women live in the fullness of Christ. I'm glad we're on the journey together.